This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with a last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. Let me tell you, I can't believe how excited I am. The boys are back in town. They are in the studio. The crazy train has pulled in and it is staying. <laughs> the train's crashed. <laughs> the train crashed in mid-December. The train is staying for the next 90 minutes. The first hour on Love Sport. Then you have to switch over to Love Sport London and catch the last 30 minutes. Well, we're giving you that Liverpool preview. But you can still get in touch at any time during the show. Simple, easy. Tweet at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. Where we're going to be looking at those festive fixtures and has Spurs got on and obviously the news today Harry Kane injury keeping him out obviously till April really bad news for Spurs but I heard Jason outside and he he, he wasn't he didn't say it was that bad we're going to get onto that in just a little bit and we're going to be talking about the Tottenham Hotspur board and obviously the game with Liverpool and that festive form of course well it's not just Kane it's obviously Sissoko who's also been ruled out after having knee surgery what is going on at the minute I welcome you all back happy new year Ricky where, where, where are we at? I don't know where we're at, Chess. It's been a long <laughs> couple of weeks without you, mate. It's been a long couple Too of weeks long. without you. Too long without you. Four points out of four over the festive period. Losing Harry Kane, losing Sissoko. This crazy train. I don't know where those wheels are to that train. I think they're just hanging on the track, just. This is why it is the crazy train. I know, like, but I, I, I know if I like the crazy train. I think obviously a lot's happened over the last even couple of hours. Losing Kane till April as a minimum now. And... Obviously, Twitter's quite a toxic place at the moment mm. with the transfer window being open and nothing done as of yet. And I think many people have asked us on the show, can we speak about the board? Can we maybe give more analysis as to what is happening with the club in terms of investment or lack of and where the club's direction is? And we'll try and get that in the next hour and a half or so. But um, I think, yeah, we want to see some action during this transfer window. The club looked to try and strengthen the squad. 
Mourinho's got a big job on his hands, hasn't he? He's got a massive, massive job on his hands, and um, we've got a big game this weekend, of course. And it's not going to be an easy game against Liverpool. So, a lot to discuss in this next hour and a half, and I've got these wonderful chaps and you to guide us through it. Yeah, there's absolutely lots to get through. You look at that festive form, and we're going to obviously be talking about the board. Obviously, lost to Chelsea, beat Brighton, drew with Norwich, lost to Saints, and obviously drawing with Borough on the weekend. That was the cut. But Lee, not the ideal uh, Christmas form, not the ideal uh, Christ- uh, Christmas spirit either. What have you made of it? Well, it's been tough. I mean, the crazy train is uh, is uh, is grinding to a halt, isn't it? You know, <laughs> we only just started. We no, only just I know, set off. I know. But that is why it is the crazy train because <laughs> be, there'll be ups and downs. Can't believe it. He's ready to get all again, Jason. He's never been on the train. He's on it now. I'm I think that's the problem. No, I think I think the festive period. We need period... to upgrade Jason to first class because he looks like he's he's completely not on board with this. You know, he thought it was the Hogwarts Express. He needs a spell or two. He can't believe it. The man, look I'll at him. Ornby must have rode this crazy. <laughs> feels like a toy set. <laughs> I think uh, I think the um, the Christmas fixtures, uh, the festive period, w- it was very disappointing. You know, it is it is what it is, but it was disappointing. I mean, notoriously over the last five years, uh, we've had a good Christ- uh, festive period. Um, you know, taking lots of points. It, we, everybody knows how many points that there was over that period. It started off woefully against Chelsea and didn't get much better, to be honest. Um, I was at the Brighton game and we struggled. Um, the uh, you know against Norwich again you know sh- struggled and you know uh, and again against uh, Southampton as well so you know it was uh, it was a, it was a tough um, uh, a tough set of fixtures and then and then you come out in, into the cup and you, you Middlesbrough and you just think you know wow it's another disappointing result and you know it, it's that sluggish start to matches that we've made not excuse me, not once or twice, but in every single one of them, we've just come out as like, we're running like the whole team's running like Vincent Janssen was. You know, it was kind of like he's got concrete boots on and then look slow. I take and it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it was a winner now. He's got a cut. He just won a cup, didn't he? So he's a winner now. But look, the, the, the reality... Vincent and Curtis, Jason, yeah? Curtis O'Bang. Curtis O'Bang, anyway. He'd be loving it, mate. I'll take He'd the whole team it. from there. He'd, uh, he'd need, need Vincent back now, for sure. But look, I mean, I think for... Um, so it has, been, it has been a tough period and I think that if it, if it hasn't done any anything else it's shown Jose Mourinho and ultimately the ball who we'll come on to talk about uh, in a bit that there's a lot like Ricky just said and what you said in the week is a lot of work to do here and uh, and we need to start working on it ASAP yeah need to start working obviously I don't want to talk too much about previous regimes but we, we heard of it didn't we before you know Pochettino and obviously our very own Jamie saying there there is a rebuild here Tottenham 2.0 showing maybe how much work there is to be done well it a big theme of this show is that you can call in. We've missed having the Spurs fan show on Lost Block Radio, and we've missed you calling in. That's exactly what you've done tonight. I'm delighted to say Matt now calling from Brighton. And Matt, uh, if I'm if I'm uh, led to believe this correctly, you want to let a little uh, frustration out? Yeah, it's uh, hi guys, Happy New Year, uh, Happy, Matt, New Year Matt, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Year and I finally get to talk to Lee McQueen. Oh, God. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You're but... definitely on a crazy train. <laughs> <laughs> let it rip, Matt. What you got for us? Where, where, where do we start, guys? It's just, oh, it's, it's awful. It really is at the moment, isn't it? It's, I just don't know where it's going to get any better. You know, obviously, we've had the terrible news about Harry Kane, April. You know, I don't think we're going to get a striker in. I've got to be honest. I'm not holding out. I think one player maybe we'll get, but even that, I'm, I just think, I know Daniel Lee, well, we all know Daniel Levy well enough. You know, I just think all, all that money's gone into the stadium and, I just don't think there is any money that he wants to, you know, part with. I just think that's that's the case. But there's just no passion. There's no desire. Like, what has happened to this this team? I, I, 
you're getting paid like eighty thousand a week. I don't understand why you don't have passion. Well, Matt, I get paid. Well, I was going to say, what, what do you think's happened to the team, Matt? I mean, you know, you're you're a fan like like us, like like all the other listeners as well. Gen, you know, honestly, what do you think's happened to this team? I I think they've. Uh, I think they've lost motivation. Mm. Uh, they didn't win anything. That obviously doesn't help. Um, I, th- I think sometimes you just kind of got to sum some of these players up and say they are not good enough. They weren't good enough under Pochettino and when we played well to win a trophy. I know Jose is an amazing manager and I believe we can win stuff with him, but I think under under this regime, I just don't think they have to get up and go anymore. You know, against Middlesbrough, I, I know normally we start the first half slow but the second half wasn't much better but it's not acceptable um, is it Matt it's not acceptable to start off any match uh, especially against the championship side slow you know this is why I nicknamed us the crazy train and you know you've got to start like a train it's not a crazy one yeah. but you want to start fast and you know I don't want to talk about being aggressive or whatever but being people's faces and you know make it yeah. difficult mm. for the team that you're playing against thinking oh we're in a game here you know in the first five ten minutes make them know that they're in a game not like old school like beating no them up urgency or, but, yeah but it's exactly that it's that urgency that's that speed, is that energy, and that's the thing that we we've just just seems to have dripped away, and that's why you make a good point, Matt, when you say about you know no motivation because you have to be motivated to be able to do that, didn't you, Rick? You do. I mean, Matt, listen, as we've got you here, thanks for calling into the show. I mean, the main topic of the no main topic of debate, which we're going to have a chat on, is going to be about the ball. Now, just to kind of refresh those about Enoch's tenure at Spurs between two thousand and one to two thousand and eight, they were rebuilding the club financially and structurally between. 2008 to 2012, they're refinancing for the new training ground. And then between 2008 to 2019, we obviously had the financing for the new stadium. All those projects are now finished. All that is now in place. Surely, if there's going to be a time to spend, it is now, isn't it, Matt? And there's really no excuse if the club don't spend. Because you look at the fact that we've sacked one of our most popular managers in God knows how many years in Maurizio Pochettino. We've brought in a man that is known to be a serial winner known to win trophies and you feel that if you're going to bring him in and spend the amount of money that we are giving him weekly, monthly, however you want to break it down, I think he's the second highest paid manager in the Premier League and even around the world he's one of the highest, surely he's going to want backing and I can't believe Tottenham would be this stupid to not give him the backing needed to do the rebuild that Pochettino outlined for a long time that Spurs needed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's Mourinho signed. I, I I think Levy's probably told him it's not going to happen in January. I just think he's probably said, look, we're going to rebuild possibly in the summer with you. Um, but he's not going to get, you know, we know what Daniel Levy's like. He never, I know he got Tungi in Dombele and, and, and he did we did quite well this transfer window, but not enough in in, in my eyes. I mean, I, I, like, I, I agree with Lee. Like, I think it was last week or on, on the pod, he was talking about the playing staff and, I think you have got to look at scouts and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, who in the hell scouted Serge Aurier? Because he is woeful. I know Sunday league defenders that can defend better than that. I know, it's, it's, it is frustrating, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the scouting system at uh, Tottenham and you look at, you know, you've Liverpool's. got, I, I think, you, well, let's not do comparisons because I don't know much about the other clubs, but you've got Steve Hitchin, uh, you know, got John McDermott, you've got uh, Jose Mourinho, obviously, you know, Daniel, they're all involved in the, in, in the transfers. And then you've got, yeah. uh, I think Steve Hitchin is the, is the top is the top scout, no? Um, or the chief scout. And, and you know, like you say, I, I'm I'm putting Sergio at his door because, you know, what, 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 what's yeah. the deal here? But, but there was... Uh, 
we had a fantastic guy um, in uh, in our club beforehand that was deemed to be unsuccessful when we brought in all of the players before, like the Eric Dyers and the Toby Alderweireld and whatever. For that, really that Paul low Mitchell, man- Paul that? Mitchell, yeah, and and, yeah, and, and yeah, actually we let him go. And then I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, please do if if I am. But I think he went to a, a German club, Leipzig, which was Leipzig, yeah. and look at yeah. what they're doing now. Look so doing very that, interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very interesting, yeah. Matt. We really appreciate you calling into the studio. Hopefully, we'll get to hear from you a lot more on future shows. Matt from Brighton Edge letting out a little bit of frustration. Let's bring Jason in now because haven't had uh, much to speak to you so far, Jason. Obviously, the form not where anyone wanted over this Christmas period. And I know Harry Kane, obviously, uh, we're hearing today out to April. What are you making of the form? And obviously, the news now that he will be, uh, we won't see him till then. I just just can't believe that a year ago we'd have been doing this show on the back of keeping a clean sheet at Cardiff and going to Tranmere with our backup striker getting a hat-trick and Serge Aurier pinging one in the top corner, scoring six. And in a year, in a year, my God, has it it towed off. Um, It's... I think the the injuries we've got, for me, are absolutely perfect injuries. Because if we, we've talked constantly about the need to buy strikers or a backup striker, now we need to go and buy a frontline striker. And we've been pleading with that to happen. Now, there's no excuse of a stadium. There's no excuse of a training ground. There's no excuse about, well, who wants to come as a backup to, be, to Harry? He won't play games. He'll be on the bench. You've got to do it now. Absolutely mm. got to, if if there was ever a time for Harry Kane to miss four months of a season, for me it's now when we because you know we'd muddle through with Kane and if he got injured on the twelfth of February we're completely stuffed then for the rest of the season. So mm. if it's going to happen, I think now's the perfect time. Great There's point. no excuses left for that board. Sissoko's injured. I, I wish we had fifteen players injured. I really do. I wish Toby got injured. I wish. Uh, Oria got injured. I wish Dyer was injured. I wish Lamella was injured. I wish Ericsson was injured. I wish Ali was injured. You wish Rose was fit. I wish Rose was fit. (laughs) (laughs) And could be captain. And then the penny would suddenly drop. Oh, my God. And I look at that Leipzig game coming up, and you think, for a European Cup knockout game, there'll be no Kane, there'll be no Sissoko. Hugo probably not back by then. We will struggle to take 18 players for a Champions League game. Which is crazy when injured. people are saying... Lamella will be unfit by our, then. Our squad's Tongi will be on his 15th donut by then. I mean, <laughs> you know, when are we going to... We'll, we'll go to a Champions League game with about five academy kids on the bench. It's, it's crazy. And people want to get rid of the homegrown. I mean, you know, as we said, the, the, the thing with Kane, that's a homegrown player that you have to have four of for Europeans. Mm. So if we go and buy a striker like... Uh, who is it, Piacek, Dzeko, you said Diego, it doesn't really matter which one. Costa. Then somebody in that squad in Europe can't, room. Has, yeah. has got to go to get rid of So Wanyama, mm. who has been of no use to us for two years, what is the excuse to keep hold of him? So get rid now. But they, I think the club in Venice had tried to move Wanyama on, he just didn't yeah, want to go. But, 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 but on other, that... Other teams, Rick, I mean, they if move we had done... So I'm not defending no, I'm know, just saying. No, I'm not, not defending them. I'm just saying they tried to move Wanyama on. Get rid of him. Pay uh, but, his contract and, uh, Listen, and you know my frustration. I'm the one every winner coming around saying we need to strengthen. Contract listen, rebels, mate. The, the fact of the matter is, the reason why Spurs are in this position is because they didn't refresh the squad for 18 months. That is why Spurs are in this predicament now. That's why they sacked the manager... All because they did not refresh the squad that they should have done at least two years ago. You look at the best managers in the world, even Klopp, even Ferguson, and even why Guardiola is struggling now at Man City is because in the Very summer, they deemed that their score was good enough to go again. 
but you must always look to improve your squad. No matter who you are, no matter what league you're winning, no matter if you're in a Champions League final, you should always look to improve your squad. And because they didn't, that's why they've got as many points on Liverpool. And that's why Spurs are always not going to be near the top fighting for the Premier League until they refresh their squad. Yeah, let me tell you, last word on Spurs, have come back firing. Ricky Sachs and the team giving you the strong opinions, but let me tell you, they are right, and you can join us next. Love Sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with Last Word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. You're listening to me, Charlie Hawkins. Well, we're asking you to give your tweets into us and your calls on WhatsApp this evening. That's exactly what you're doing. 0208 70 20 558. We're going to be looking at that game with Liverpool later. We're talking about the injuries, talking about that form, but we really want to talk about the Tottenham Hotspur board at the minute and the work they're doing. That Obviously, now they are a little bit more free with the finances, but we have had a tweet in this one from Kev Green. It says, fellas, I think the crazy train has turned into the ghost train. What do you make of that, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sound effects when we need it? I know, I'll We're provide them that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bit of a ghost train at the moment. But look, the whole point of the crazy train comment is that we are going to have ups and downs, and that's going to be the reality. You know, that we have... Look, I'm not sitting here t- saying that we... I disagree with everyone. I'm not sitting here saying that we don't need to make any signings. I'm not sitting here now. I'm agreeing with, uh, with, with, the, with the state of affairs at Tottenham. However, we, you know, when, when you look at it, and our, our amazing debutant on on, uh, on the pod uh, last week, um, Hugo was fantastic. Yeah, so great. And he, and he kind of said this. And look, the reality of the situation is we're 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 still in well in the hunt for the top four. We're still in the FA Cup, and we're still in the last sixteen in the Champions League. Now, it's only and I say only because I'm putting a positive spin. It's only January the 9th. It's only been eight days of the transfer window open. And who says that we might not sign two or three players? Don't know mm. yet. Yeah, you know, if if we're sitting here uh, February the first and we're in the same situation, then great. Let's have a let's have a go, everyone. But we all know, as Spurs fans, and yep. all the listeners know this as well, that historically it's been the same, and that's what we're ga- gauging right now. But as Jason said, and I completely agree, this is a perfect time for us to go and make a statement. The last statement that we made when we really needed to try to push on for the top four, we ended up signing Ryan Nielsen and Louis Sahara. That was going for the title, actually. That was going for the title. So, so don't, Daniel Levy, we can't be making them same mistakes again. Uh, I'm also... From a point of view of, you know, uh, like I suppose a business head on, you can't go and spend over the odds. Just everyone now knows that every striker that we're going to be linked with is going to have another 20, 30, 40% put on their price tag because we know that we're desperate for Harry Kane's replacement. So it's a very difficult situation. However, we've got to make something happen here for sure. Yeah, that's absolutely. Actually, <coughs> go on, Jester. That's actually why I'm surprised they've. They've given details out of Kane's injury. I thought they'd keep that. Keep we, that a bit quiet. Yeah, knew, that's a shout. Yeah. We knew yeah, we through our group a couple of days did, ago yeah. what the actual yeah. prognosis on Kane was. Mm-hmm. Jamie had uh, Jamie had a good bit of insight there. And uh, we all thought it would be kept incredibly quiet. And then Tottenham will so, try and do a deal. It's very someone. hard, though, just to keep that quiet with the way social media is now, isn't it? It's very hard to keep it quiet. Well, it's only for the club to have made a statement, is there, today? I mean, what, how much... But if everyone else is reporting on it, exactly. they get one message, Sky go, look, we know he's out to April, and Tottenham go, well, now we have to... And Spurs are so criticised anyway of, of mm. always never being accurate with their injury times. I think the club probably were forced in some degree to put that statement out, but I think what... Well, well for me, I don't think the club should ever give a, a date for them. Why do we need to know when they're back? I don't. Your doctor don't tell the world what your bloody medical record is, does he? So no, why should I, why should anyone? You know, why do we need to know that 
that Player X is not available for eight weeks. Because they need to keep fans on side. If we didn't know when Harry Kane... Well, if, can you imagine that every... Yeah. Well, when's he back? We've not had one word on, yeah. you know... The face of the franchise. It doesn't bring him back any quicker, does it? No, but I think it does give somebody a clarity. All it does is increases the frustration when that date comes and the player's not ready. So for me... But do you not think even more so now with the way the club in the past have been inaccurate with giving out a date? Surely now they, they are very careful in terms of when they do communicate the date in which exactly, they are so selecting the player. don't give a date. Well, listen, I think like Chaz says there they have to do that to keep fans on side. But my, my biggest concern with, with the Kane situation, and with Mourinho in particular, is that I think Lee addressed this before we came into the studio, is Mourinho's reference to the use of Kane being a target man. In the years of Pochettino being here, there was always a, a calming sense that we would cope without Kane. We have got Hummin Son, we have got Lucas Moura, we have got Delia that can score goals. But with Mourinho, it does seem like a lot of how he wants to play football is targeted around Harry Kane. And that's why I do feel that Spurs will look to try, I say try, mm. and go and get an alternative striker to Harry Kane. Will that person's as good enough or is adequate to Harry Kane? It's very difficult well, to say. Will, will Jose do a bit of, you know, a left field or whatever and kind of go in with the whole, um, you know, Deli Alley up front? Do you know what I mean? I like playing the Celso enough, in the I don't same see how play. that's going to last uh, a season. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it is. I'm yeah. just, do, you know what I mean? do you think, though, Lee, honestly, do you think it could last a season? If, if you look at us now, no. we're still off the top four. But what, what he can't do, in my opinion, and the board, right, if they do back him and they do give him money, what they can't do, Spurs as a club, is they cannot go out and buy someone who is unproven in the Premier League. That, that, would, no, be, that totally would be agree. a key criteria for me. Totally agree, so yeah. you can't go in and then get somebody to bed in for the next 18 months, like an Undumbele situation, because, you know, quite frankly, we ain't got 18 months, we've got what, 18 days. So this guy <laughs> coming into the football club, if it is a straight, you know, a, a, a full-on number nine replacement, he needs to hit the ground running straight away so that has to be somebody like a Diego Costa who's played there in the past or a Jekko from maybe he's a bit past it or maybe a Danny Ings would they ever sell him or, or you know maybe a Callum Wilson will, will they ever sell him? you know I, I don't know whether they ever sell these players or not and I'm just fine names in the air but they are proven players in the Premier League that can score goals and actually like going to, to somebody else that can't and I made this I made this point about Leicester on the pod last week, like in Didi, there is players out there that are brilliant as soon as they come in and they don't need embedding in. But a goal, this is where the big money's paid, isn't it, This is what you pay the money for, Rick. This is the hardest thing to do is put the ball in the back of the net. So you need somebody who is a proven goal scorer to be able to come in. Inf- We're talking about Harry Kane here, listeners. This is the best strike number nine, in my opinion, in the world. You know, why, I tell you what, I tell you, there's a proven goal scorer right now who don't really want to sign a new contract, who's a bit bored, he's, he lives in London, and he's not playing Champions League football. Aubameyang, let's go sign him. What's the problem with that? Let's go sign Patrick Uber. Let's go get him. Well, why not? Strong words there from Lee McQueen. Go and sign him. He's saying he's not playing European football. He can come in straight away and do a job. What do you think? Well, you are calling into the studio. This time, Dean from Eastbourne is called. A theme of our show tonight is the board. Dean, I believe you want to talk a little bit about the chairman saying you don't know if he's actually taking Spurs forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be as blunt as saying he's not taking us forward because I appreciate how far he's actually brought the club on. But I do think we get to these stages where I feel like you know, we need this investment to push ourselves on. And is he the, you know, is he the one that's always holding us back from moving on? I look at Liverpool, and I think you know when they needed the players, they needed a goalkeeper, they needed a centre back. They went and got them, but Daniel Levy seems to always hesitate, or he's always trying to get the best price for a player. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, are we ever going to get 
become this big club that signs these players that move us to the next level. Dean, what if I listen? We know Harry Kane. In terms, of, we've discussed it at length in the last half an hour. But that's a position for Spurs that we want to try and obviously addressing this window but apart from that where else do you think the key areas are that Spurs need to strengthen you look at our back line and it seems that there's a lot of work as well can that start already being put to work in January or do you think the club will end up looking at it in the summer what do you think uh, I think at centre half I think it will probably be looked at in the summer but I feel like a right back I feel like is definitely a necessity and a central defensive midfielder to help the defence out I feel like we could get those two positions in in this window, and and you know if they if they can see where a, a striker to maybe play sort of second fiddle to Harry Kane, but also maybe play alongside him when he's fit, then that would be even better. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, Dean. We really appreciate you calling into the studio as well. Always good to hear Thanks, from Dean. the Spurs fans and what they're thinking, Dean, from Eastbourne there. We have had another tweet into the uh, into the studio, Lee, and this one really for you. You're mentioning the strikers. Uh, this is from Matt Gibbons. I don't know if it's genuine or not, but it says, what about Giroud, Lee? I, get, I think he's. I think he'd be perfect for a Jose Mourinho type manager yeah. for sure. Like Jose would, you know, he's a World Cup winner. Um, he's ex Arsenal. He's, he's still at Chelsea. I'm not sure Chelsea would do us any favours by by give it, uh, selling him to us. He has um, a knack of scoring goals though. But he, does, he does score goals. Look, proven isn't he? As you said, Lee, the, 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 he's a proven. Listen, he's not a 20, 25 goal a season no. man, but I don't know if Spurs maybe need him to do that job. I've always seen from afar, and I've got a few Guna mates and uh, Chelsea mates and all that sort of stuff, and uh, you know we have like banter and whatever. But the only problem that I've always had with Giroud is that the the managers that he's played under don't ever seem to go. You are my number nine. Crack on for the season. Go on, son. There you go. They don't see. So why is that? He never seems to be the kind of the front line striker. Do you know what I mean? Whereas actually, when he plays for France and he's winning the World Cup, for example. He actually was. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that we're now looking at short-term solutions. And this is the problem that my man to, to the right of me here, Jason, said when we appointed Mourinho. This is what it's always going to be, short-term solutions. This is why I said it's an interim appointment, because it's all now about short-termism stuff. Mm. You know, previous to Mourinho and over the previous five years, nothing really to do with Poch. But under the Poch regime, because in, people are talking about the board and stuff today, we had a five-year plan. It was set. It was a project. It was the philosophy. It was whatever you want to call it, right? But the reality is, we knew where we were going. Everyone had a stake in the ground. We knew where we were going. This is our why. This is why we are doing this. We are creating. We are trying to go from being a big club to an elite club. That's where we're trying to get to. Now, it seems a little bit like, not just Jose, but with everything happening around us, it's like short-termism. And, and, and uh, you know, we've, got, we've just got to get over the line and get a trophy or whatever. And the reality of the situation, if we stumble into the FA Cup final and win it this year, uh, with everything that's going on, with a short-term strike in Giroud or, you know, uh, you know uh, bring somebody in, uh, you know, to put, you know, a Band-Aid, if you like, or a plaster, whatever it mm. is, uh, to, to put on the knee, is that really where we're going? Is that what our club is now for the next two, three years? Well, let me just uh, quickly bring Jason in, because I know Jason, obviously, oh, I don't want to say you was... You- totally didn't want a Jose Mourinho appointment. You was never really up for it as much as everyone else. Now that he has a just under 15 games and sort of the settling in period is over and we're sort of seeing him, you know, we've, we've had more time to adjust to him. Has your opinion changed at all? 
<laughs> Rick's ducky, look. He's behind his ears. He's behind his hands. That's covered That was an okay question. No, I was worried about the answer. You know, it's no no secret. I didn't want him anywhere near the football club. But I was being generous when I said you wasn't that keen on the appointment. No, I didn't want him anywhere near the football club, and I was worried about the style, but. Having said that, this mess is not on him. Yeah, yeah for you sure. Know, and the playing style at the moment with with looking up at space most of the game is, is horrendous. <laughs> but I understand why he's doing that because we can't play the ball out from the back. We're a mess doing that. We can't transition it through midfield. We're a mess doing that. And our only really our strength is up front. So I totally get why he's going from back to front as quickly as possible because he thinks that's the only area of the pitch we're any good at. What, what is the point in parking a bus oh, yeah, at the agreed. moment? We yeah. can't do that. So I, in a way, as much as I despise the man, he's come in and he's thought the only way this team can get results is to get it to those front players as quickly as possible. And that's actually how he should approach it, to work mm. with the group that he's mm. got and think how best can I get results from that group. So I don't blame him for, for what we're doing. I, I can't stand it at the moment, but I don't blame him for going about things that way. All right, well, before we bring Ricky and Leon out, do you agree with Jason? What are you making of it? Tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Call us 0208 70 20 558. And just a little 30-minute warning. At 8 o'clock, the Spurs fan show is still going to be here till half eight, but you have to retune your digital radios to Love Sport London and you can carry on with the guys from eight to half eight there. But we will be back answering more questions about Mourinho next. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with a last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. We were just talking about, now that Jose has obviously had just under 15 games, the new manager, Bant's gone. What are you making? Have you seen any changes? <laughs> Because so that's the tra- that's the train trying to get out of the, I, I, trying to get out of the station. I knew where you was going with that. Lee. It was a very accurate sound, by the it way. Was, Let me was. tell you, Lee is available for bookings and PAs <laughs> and train noises. Uh, when we talk about Jose, obviously people are saying, and we had John uh, Wenham in on the first day after. He's like, it feels so surreal seeing him in that Spurs clothing and the way he was speaking. And obviously, we haven't. I'm sure you guys have touched upon it in your podcast, but obviously there was the drama on the sidelines in the Saints game. Yes, yeah. Have you noticed any change in him, or you just think this is kind of where we're at at the minute? Can I be honest? He looks like he's aged hundred years <laughs> with, that, with that defense. I mean, I've got to be honest with you that it was very hard to see him keep up that early persona. For good, and I've got to be honest, you're working with a defence we've got. I mean, it's a miracle the bloke's still there. So it must be you must be tearing your hair out seeing the same individual errors made every week. Every week, and it's collectively as well as a team. I mean, he must know. The only thing I, I, I worry about with Jose is that in his own mind, when he looked at the club from the outside before he took the job, is did he personally overrate the squad? Because now he's in the seat, I just wonder if he realizes just the amount of work he's got on his hands to really transform the club. And it's back to my point earlier that the worst thing Spurs ever did was to not reinvest in that 18-month period and keep it the same. And the squad went stale. There was a lack of motivation, lack of energy. And my man here to the right of me, Lee, who's used to running teams, knows all about in terms of having to re-energise a group, having to get the best out of them. And the only way you do that, I think, is by, you know, inspiring confidence, inspiring motivation, you know, re-energising Know where you're going. That that's squad. the thing. You've got I, to know where you're going. I this think is that's the, the journey, the yeah. journey, whether it's a train or whatever. Mm. The journey is, this is where we are. Come mm. with me. Follow me. Come mm. on, let's go. Mm. We are going together. That's gone. I don't so think the, it's... Where are we going now? I where don't know we? if it's... Listen, I don't think it's all Mourinho's fault. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think it's his fault. He's been left with a mess from the previous regime. And, you know, it's what we've always said. A lot of the blame here 
is on the players. A lot mm. of it is on them because the performances have not been good enough. I don't think Jose's telling these players to go out and play slow, turgid. He's not asking to play like that. He really isn't. But that's, that's the message... I'm slightly... You don't think so, no, no, Luke? No. That's why I'm a, li- a little bit on the fence with that because mm. this guy has won everything. And, and he's and he's built teams and so on and so forth and he's got all this stuff. Like he must be a really good coach. Like we are we are we think that Jose Mourinho is a really good coach. How is he not getting the best out of some of them players already? You, do you understand what I mean? Well, like, can I be fair? He already bad? got. Mm. He was always, always already in the early in the early stages. He was getting. A, he was getting. A, early days. You was going to say in the early yeah, stages. Yeah. But <laughs> in the early period, he was. Ago. He was getting a. He was getting a tune out of Delhi. He was getting a tune out of Mora. Toby signed a new contract, so you can look at it and say that already in those first couple of weeks there was an initial. A bounce. A bounce well, yeah. well, can I ask a question then? Because, Lee, you mentioned why isn't he maybe getting the best out of them players? And you said that potentially Jose Mourinho maybe overrated that squad and now I we realise he's got to work with. But then are the fans doing that also? Because you mentioned it and the fans are going, oh, we've got Jose now, we're seeing it, it's going to turn around, we're, we're competing. And actually, you're going, why isn't he getting out the best? But, is it, but maybe is it been, they, 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 no one can get the best, has, best out of him. You're overrating the squad yourself? Maybe. We, we used to sing his uh, magic, you know, and actually was he? You know, because mm. in five years, Potticino got a tune out of all of these players, the mm. same players that we brought in. Look, let's, let's, everyone's crambling for new signings. This, other. We spent three million on Eric Dyer, and for two, three seasons, he was brilliant. You know, we spent nine million on Toby Alderweireld, or 11.9 million on, on Jan Vertong, and nine million, sorry, nine million on Jan Vertong, and 11.9 million on Toby Alderweireld. You know, these are, these are players that we didn't spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of, uh, of pounds on. And, and actually, now, yeah, they're coming to. The, um, you know, we're seeing some of that because it hasn't been refreshed. But at the time, and that's what I'm saying. Like our strategy was there. It was like to buy younger. To, to what's our strategy now? It's kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, right, let's go over there. Let's go. Mm. And what's really worrying me is that everyone else has lost their long-term managers. You know, Arsenal or, or Manchester United or you know, Chelsea, in the past, Chelsea, whatever. They've they've. Um, They've won stuff along the way. Every single one of them, we won nothing. So we've had our, our, you know, our top level hit, and now we're on our way down, and we didn't win anything. Classic Spurs. But Jace, is, is you know, when Lee mentions the players there and the prices, not in defensive Spurs, but. Will we ever see now nah, clubs, those clubs, the, 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 the stature and size of Spurs and, and whoever that top six, top four is, signing players for seven, eight million? Because you can't go out and find a top centre-half now for eight million, twelve million. The way the market is gone, the money's gone. I'm not gone. having it. I'm not having it. Lee, who's, who's, who's a Turkish Virgil, player? Who, Maguire, eighty million. Virgil van Dijk, no, seventy million. You're not going to get a top Turkish player plays for Leicester. Sonia, how much was he? And DD plays central midfield. These for Leicester, are few how much and far between, Lee. Still find but, them. But Liverpool have just signed Eni, Meeny, Miney, Mo. For how much? Seven, seven, seven eight million, million quid. So <laughs> I don't think that right, these, these players yet, don't. Yeah. No, don't. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's not as simple as that. No, but I mean, and we did go out. Sorry, Jace, but we did go out and spend sixty-three million on, on Dembele, sixty odd million once it happens yeah. with Chelsea, thirty million on, on things. So you know, there is a balance there. Uh, you know, everyone can have a go at it, but uh, we have spent the money as well. Uh, we look at. I mean, I, I watched, watched that semi-final last night, and. Uh, Tyrone Mings got man of the match. For me, Jack Grealish ran the whole show. He was brilliant. Yeah, he Jack was Grealish was excellent. The times he, with with Villa having to sit so deep, he took the ball, ran with it, drew fouls, killed time. I mean, he, he was exceptional. But another one, though, no, three offered three million and for you, him. And you think, you think Villa wanted 25 million quid for him mm. when they were in desperate need of money. Absolutely. They still are. A little and, bit of financial well, fair play at the minute we, for them. We, we wouldn't pay that. We no. tried to get him for a bit less than that. 
and you think... There's a lot less, there's come, a lot less of that, Jason. Come the end of that transfer window, we then bid £25 million, which was what Villa wanted. Now, people at the time said, would Jack Grealish, is he better than Christian Eriksen? It's, it's not a question of would he have been better than Christian Eriksen's best. Would he have improved what we actually had? Would he have been of more use to us in the last year and a half than Eric Lamella would have been? Let's be honest. Yeah, So, on, yeah. you know, for £25 million, £25 million isn't... To a club that was in the Champions League trying to buy from a championship club, that's not a lot of money. No, but, but in hindsight, it's been some balance to that. In the summer, we signed Lachelso, which is exactly the same position as where Grealish plays. He's 19 years old, and we spent best part of what might be, end up being 35 Lachelso's million. Lachelso's 19. Uh, sorry, 22. Oh, 20, sorry, sorry, 22. So, you know, so the, the, um, you know the, point, the point being is that, yeah, it's a hindsight p- a point that you're making, Jace. The reality of the situation is that Daniel Levy's trying to do what's right for the club as well as, and look, haggling over two, three million quid well, or whatever well, is a joke. You've got to bear in mind, that was the window we signed nobody. Yeah, mm. but, but... 25 we, million in but, that window. But at the end of the day, we went out and, and Pochino, by all accounts, wanted the Chelsea and we got him. Mm. And now well, we don't play. Well, you've had another tweet into the studio. This time it is from John saying, I'm listening at John Wenham. He's saying, I'm listening from the subs bench tonight, boys. The name of the striker we need is Jimenez from Wolves. A good player. Yeah, I mean, again, we'll, we'll sell him to Tottenham. I think they would for a certain amount of money. Will Spurs' ball go there? That's another question. I mean, the thing I would say now is that, listen, if Spurs cannot go and get an alternative decent striker to Harry Kane Mourinho in charge... We've got absolutely no chance then because I do believe Mourinho in place. Normally, I say normally, with a, with a new manager or a new head coach in charge, you do want to tend to keep them at least a little bit happy in the first couple of windows. Why do I feel a loan deal for Andy Carroll coming on? No chance, no, Jason. Come on. Good no, news is, breaking no. news on Sky is but, that Fellaini's going to West Ham. Yeah, so that's that could least be one dodge. A, but one do, dodge. You, do you agree, Jace, that normally with Levy, um, you know, he'll want to try and keep Mourinho happy for at least the first couple of windows, wouldn't he? Well, you'd, you'd think so. And, and it's not a case now. Anyway, it's not a case now of Mourinho. He's got to keep... He's got to do it because we are desperately, desperately short now. We're nowhere near where we want to be as a club. We're in massive danger of missing out on the top four. We're not going to win a trophy that mm. that people thought we were going to win. He he gave his Christmas speech and said top four and a trophy. And he knows there is no chance of that happening unless he goes and spends some serious money. But it's also not just on a striker. I think I think no, this is also another thing. You know, we look at no, our squad. Right back in central midfield. Right back. But, uh, I think central Dean said midf- it earlier, midfield. I think you're all spot on. Central defence. I mean, you, we did a joke. You know, you say it wasn't a joke. But you said I asked you a couple of weeks ago on a transfer show. I asked you how many <laughs> players do we need. And your answer was? I said 17. 17. And, your answer, and your answer still is? 23. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because that's only 5,000 off the number of tweets Ricky has sent about transfers in this sure. nine days of January. Well, we are talking about what players Spurs do need in the next part and looking towards that game with Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. We are still talking about transfers. What players do Spurs require? We still want you to get in touch. But Lee, I know you want to mention something on transfers now. Well, yeah, I mean, we're playing them at the weekend and, you know, there's been a lot of said about Liverpool and how far they've gone on. You know, they're European champions. They're walking the the league this year. Uh, They're world champions as well. I mean, absolutely fantastic what they've been doing. And although, you know, we were in a battle against them last year, obviously, 
in, we didn't like it. The fact is, you've got to, you know, put your hands up and just respect what Klopp and, and Liverpool have done. But, you know, there's a, a, there's a good tweet actually out there at the moment by My Football Facts, which is at My Football Facts. And they, they talk about, you know, what Mauricio Pochettino's average net spend per season was versus uh, Jurgen Klopp's. And it's staggering. I mean, uh, uh, incoming transfers, fringe in 64 million for Tottenham, a net spend of 47 million over six seasons, that's 8 million a year net spend. Liverpool spent 400 million, so granted a little bit more, but in terms of net spend, 89 million, that's only 13 million rounded up uh, per season under Klopp. And look at how far we have fallen off a cliff since June the 1st, and look how far they have gone. Not only have they ended up being. That Coutinho sell massively helped them, though, 100 plus. That's that's changed that dynamic. 100%. But if we'd have sold Christian Eriksen when Jamie Brown, our Mm. very own Jamie, said Mm, sell him for 400 million and sell Toby, everyone would have been up in arms. Now we're sitting here in a situation. Situation admiring Liverpool, mm. 147 million for Coutinho, ridiculous or whatever it was, ridiculous money. But that fueled a Virgil Van Dijk. It made the makers fuel. Yeah, of, for sure. Yeah. It fueled yeah, their yeah. goalkeeper. And, so, if, and oh. the other thing you would say is Liverpool have managed, which we have failed to do, is get rid of their deadwood. Mm. Loads of which, them. Look I mean, at that the changes. Every club struggles to get rid of their deadwood. You say that Liverpool side Klopp's first game because his first game was against Tottenham. Yep, Mignolet. Klein, Skirtle, Sacco, Marino, Lever, Emre Chan, Milner, Lalana, Coutinho, Origi. So much of that rubbish, like Skirtle, Sacco, Marino, they've got rid of. Yeah, yeah. We still have Wanyama. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It yeah, when you, when, you, when you list it off like that, it's, it's unbelievable. Of the club. Nine, there's nine, <laughs> I mean, it's... nine first team starters. When we smashed Liverpool at Wembley 4 1, and like, um, you know, Kane took Lovren to the cleaners and all that sort of stuff, nine of them starters that day don't even play for the club anymore. Well, who? And, and most of ours do. The one person I'll give us credit for that we did get rid of Deadwood, as much as it hurt us, was Moussa Dembele. We realised he was finished. Mm. We had an offer. We thought, that's the best offer we've got. We took it. That is what we should have done to so much of that Deadwood. Yeah, when you mention it like that, who is to blame for that? Was that uh, Maurizio? Was that the ball? They didn't get rid of their Deadwood. Look how Liverpool used that money to kick on to better things. Well, we wanted you to call in, you have. And of course, on our return, it had to be Adrian's corner. Adrian, how are you? Fine, happy new year, happy new year happy guys. Year, happy, happy new year, year Adrian. Yeah, don't forget that Pochettino got rid of about 36 players during his time and probably would have got, got, got rid of a lot more. If he'd stayed, obviously, you know. I mean, and re- regards to bringing people in, in Europe, I read today there's 29 players from European clubs that are at their end of their contracts or clubs want to let go, you know. So there's chances of bringing experienced players in on loan. They're not, so they might not be ones for the future, but it's a question of how much money is there. Now, I recall going back to Poch again. First, in a press conference, they said we weren't going to buy anybody in the transfer window. Then they said, yes, there is money available in the transfer window. So I think there's rumours that there's, rumors there's about £60 million there, but we need to spend more than that. I mean, because we have to pay the 27 off on Lachelso, don't we? Because you could sell him the next day for 40 You know what I mean? So yep. like, that just makes sense. And we, need, we really need to get... A de- I think defensive midfield is more important than anything. If you're not prepared to drop Dyer and play like Skip alongside Winks, then I think we need to look at getting in a defensive midfielder because... We need to hold the ball better in midfield, and it's not just winning the ball and having a defensive midfielders and being good defensively. And then, then you'll take pressure off the back four because at the moment, because it's not clicking in midfield, the back four is under intense pressure most of the time, and like Anora is just a complete liability. The uh, 
Bayern Semedo, well, he's Portuguese, so this one might have legs to run. He would be a good acquisition. I've seen him play. I'm sure you all have as well. But when you look at, uh, say, PSG, you've got Thomas Munier, and he's 29, experienced, on as a right back. Left back, Levin Kazawa, haven't you? At Ajax, you've got the lung-busting left back, Taglifico. On the right-hand side, the young kid looks an exciting prospect, won their player of the era, Gregory Vanderville. Obviously, that Eunice Atal, I mean, he's got cruciate from Nice. He's got ligament dangerous now. But I don't think we're going to get them from the Premier League. I'd be surprised unless they're really young kids because the teams in the Premier League are not going to part with their players at this time of year. And it's hard to get many deals across in the short period, which is a transfer window. And we need to ship a few out, like you say. You know, Ericsson needs to go, doesn't he? And so 100%. does Wanyama. Them two yep. definitely need to be given a shift. And well, so does Aurea, Well, really. to sign any of the overseas players, you've got to sell some because there's only so many, you can only have 17 in the squad. Mm. So you, you've got to create that gaps. And, you know, people talk about Eric Dyer. Is he the next player? To, it's time we sign a replacement for Eric Dyer. I'm thinking, we haven't even replaced Wanyama yet. Mm. What are we talking about replacing Eric Dyer for? Wanyama's still there. Yeah, maybe that's the biggest aim for Spurs this window, not just the incomings, getting rid of that dead. We're trimming that fat a little bit. Adrian, always good to kick Cheers, off the Adrian, first row of Adrian's Corner. But we've had another call into the studio and asked what we'd like to see, this time from Josh from Hertfordshire. Josh, I know you want to talk about the current situation Spurs find themselves in at the minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's looking pretty bleak at the moment. You know, Like Adrian said, I think we'd all be kidding ourselves if, we went out and bought a really good striker tomorrow and thought all our problems were solved. It, it, it's so much more than that. You know, looking at that team, you know, we we need we need new players in defence, midfield and attack. And, you know, I don't remember a situation in recent times where we've needed players this badly. You know, it it it's not even the fact we need to you know, we need better players, we need players full stop. We don't have enough players at the moment. The fact that we could be going out against Liverpool, the best team in the world at the moment, we've not lost a game and I think like forty odd games to have one Yammer and Dyer in midfield. I mean, it's they wouldn't get into a top ten side at the moment and that's what's really worrying. And it's also worrying, you know, I I I wonder if Jose knew about um you know how much money he'd be given in January and in the future. But you know, surely he can't he can't be approving of what's happening at the moment. And I don't know, you know, if if, if Daniel Levy doesn't invest in this situation, I don't know what's gonna make him because, you know, we are desperate at the moment yep. and it, it is serious times. I quite agree. It's it's like I say, it's the perfect time for those injuries because if he doesn't do it now, he's got. There's no more excuses for him to hide behind. He's changed the manager. He's he's got the training facilities done. His the stadium's done. And he called the. Don't forget, he always called the stadium the game changer. That that was his term for it. So now. Yeah. Now there is nothing to excuse. The only person that will be the target of blame from this is him. Can I ask you, Jace? What do you think would be a satisfied window for Tottenham? If you, if I say to you now at the end of it, what would be a satisfactory winner for Tottenham now? Four players. What in this in this very no, window? Jace? Don't get me wrong. I don't think we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. No. But if you said to me, what do I? What's a satisfactory window? I would say four genuine first team players. So hard. I mean, this oh, no, transfer no, transfer that's why it's so hard. No, but that, no, no, I know no, what no, you're no, saying. I know you yeah. wasn't asking me what the reality yeah, yeah, is. You're no, saying I know. What, what is a satisfactory window? But you don't right want Spurs back. to make panic buyers no, in no, this window. We need to sign a genuine first first starting right back, a genuine first starter CDM, and a striker. That Max Aaron's interview today, I find out he was on trial at Tottenham. Amazing, isn't it? Again, mm. that's you know high, what, hindsight, isn't it, for, for that side? But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, Josh. I mean, Go on, even, Josh. even if we you know, brought in a couple of loan players, you know, they don't even have to be proper signings. We just need to get to the end of the season without finishing in an embarrassing place. You know, I, I just, 
it, it, it's so worrying where we are at the moment, and I'm and I'm really concerned, you know. But like I've I've read so many things over the past couple of days, and you know, this was meant to be our big season, you know, Champions League final last year, you know, brand new Flushy Stadium, you know, we broke our transfer record with Andombele, brought you some brilliant players, and it it just feels like you know. It felt like such a long time ago, you know, fantasising about getting back to a Champions League final and finishing top four, because that seems to be done. You know, we just we need a complete squad overhaul. And I, I do I think it's going to happen? No. But like you said before, you know, we need four or five really world-class players to even think about competing again. And, and, and you're right, Josh. I mean, if we end up bringing loan players in, but I think with Tottenham, a, a, a top four club for the past four or five years, just been to a Champions League final, and we're talking about having to borrow players it's to get yeah. us through. I mean, you, we should not be having to sign no. loan players, but we're in a position where we, we'll be grateful to sign a loan player. I, I, I just don't understand where you sack Pochettino for the amount of money we did. You then hire Mourinho for the second highest you know, wages in the country, and you say you've got no money. They have got money. Of course, they've got money. Well, the they're high, spending because we need the, we need to improve the squad. Well, for, that, that, we need to improve the squad. There's no there's no excuses this this window at all, and the summer. Needs to this need to improve the squad. Ricky mentioned it. I think he's right. Playing catch up, Josh. We really appreciate you Cheers, calling. Josh. Hopefully, for you again, Josh yeah. from Hertfordshire. There, uh, obviously, playing catch up. The spoilers. Spurs boys at a minute obviously very very quickly we have reached the halfway point of the season what are we really expecting now uh, just very quickly what what can we expect for the next four months a struggle and what we're seeing now is I think I was going to continue I mean listen I was optimistic when Jose came in and I said Spurs could achieve a top four finish I think listen as people probably know me may, maybe I, I really over exaggerated that to some degree yes mm. we could still achieve top Jason's shot not on his course he is Mr. Realistic over there um of course, you know, there's still time to catch the points up. I just worry now if Harry's injury and, and Moose's injury, I worry that the season might just get away from us. But I think a lot will come down to what we do, especially in this window in the summer. I want to be in a position next season where I can sit here in the start of August and say Spurs are in a position where they can challenge for a Premier League and challenge for the Champions League. I want to be in that position to say that this season was always going to be difficult. You sat the manager mid-season, it's always going to be tricky. Always going to be tricky. You agree with that, Lee, very quickly? Uh, I think it's going to be tricky, but I think that, and it is a cra- crazy train and all of the things that have gone under the bridge already, but the point being is we're six points off a of fourth and I think we can get fourth. We can get a top four. St- I, st- I still think that. I'm, I'm going to, it's the hope that kills you, you remember? Um, but also, I it's the hope a, that keeps you. It does, but I, I, we're in the cup still and we're also in the Champions League. Like, strange things have happened. If you look back on this situation a year ago or, uh, um, you know, 18 months ago, start last season, said we're going to be in the Champions League final, every single caller, every single listener would have thought I was mad. But we got to the Champions League final. But maybe we fluked it. Maybe we didn't. But the reality is we were there. So why not? Why not? Why not, Jason? One word answer. Can Spurs get top four this season? No. Oh, I wanted a yes. We wanted to end on a high. Well, I say end. There's still half an hour to come of the Spurs fan show. We've all got one. And we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport One London. I tell you what, it's kicking off here. It's absolutely kicking off with that music. We're back in the new year, baby. <laughs> I tell you what a what a great start to my first ever Spurs show. Oh. Yes, we are of course on Love Sport London now. Our first signing. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. The new January Here we go. Tell you what, can't stand Jose Mourinho. So it'd be terrible for me to be uh, straight into it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. a high five. Kind of Jason has just high five Matt. <laughs> 
<laughs> off the Mourinho comment. Oh, dear. Uh, welcome, everybody. If you've just joined us on Love Sport London, if you've switched over from Love Sport National, I'm not Charlie Hawkins. No, I am Matt Beadle with you through to 11pm this evening. It is, of course, our fan shows on a... What day are we on, chaps? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday today, it? It's gone quick, isn't it, man? It's track, gone quick you? already. You Brilliant. do lose track. Of course, the guys from the last word on Spurs, still with me, Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen and Jason McGovern. Now, gents, we are going to... Fi- I've got the, the pleasure of speaking about Liverpool Brilliant. with you. Wow. Because this is, is one word for it. <laughs> that hasn't lost away from home, what, since like the beginning of last time. century, whenever yeah. it was. I mean, we've lost <laughs> track, haven't we? It's been a long, long time coming. But uh, a big game, the Saturday evening kickoff. What's mm. interesting about that, Matt, as well, as we were just saying before uh, before the break there, uh, you know, we were in a Champions League final against this very team just only six months ago. Mm. And the, uh, our club's form has fallen off a cliff and Liverpool have gone from strength to strength. And I, I don't know how much... Like, I'm probably one of the most optimistic people around, uh, you know, when it comes to Tottenham, uh, for sure. But I, I can't see anything at the weekend other than batting down the hatches and try and get some buses from somewhere, Jose, because we're going to need them. Do you really think so? Is this not one of those games that is primed for Jose Mourinho of old? I've got to be honest, Matt. You know, You've got a feeling, Rick. In a perverse weird way, don't ask me why Jason's in, like, not having it. You've been reading too much of that Ghana soccer net, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, the Andre Ayew the show? The Andre Ayew, yeah. We could do him right now, anyway. we've got low forwards. Um, listen, I think stranger things have happened in football. Strange things have happened, but I mean Liverpool do look a formidable force. Really, really good team. I mean, they're everything that we want to be, if I'm being honest with you at the moment, in terms of the way, the, the style of football, um, the way that connections with the supporters we've lost at the same degree, I think, definitely over this last oh, this last month or two. I think yeah, with the transfer window being open, there's already that kind of aggression being shown towards the board of, you know, we want to see sign-ins. And I think Jason made the point that with the areas in which we are currently weak in, it's going to really expose our squad to some degree against Liverpool, you feel. Because mm. attacking-wise, Harry Kane not having him there, Mourinho has said already how pivotal he is to the way he wants to play with Spurs. It will be interesting to see how he uses him in Sodom. He's going to use as a false nine. Lucas Moura, a player that is so inconsistent. I mean, I lo- see, I love Lucas Moura. We saw, obviously, the brace against Man United. We've seen the hat-trick at Ajax. We've seen him score important goals. Barcelona, Man City. He scored against Liverpool. But he has that part of him to just go missing so I don't know what Tottenham team we're going to see turn up and I don't know how Jose is going to set up for this game because in under normal circumstances some may say oh you park a bus you can't park a bus for this Tottenham defence there is no bus to park so I don't know what quite we're going to see at the weekend in terms of a tactical approach from Jose I think we're going to see goals <laughs> I think that's absolutely yeah, guaranteed. Well, yeah. I'm going to back this up <laughs> at both ends because in different halves. This is actually the second highest scoring Premier League game of all time. Now I know really? football didn't begin in 1992, but that's no, when no. people seem to look at stats, don't For they? Sure. So 158 goals in the 55 games that you guys have played with each other so far. You're actually in the top three, Spurs, twice. For top scoring Premier League games of all time. The other one's with Arsenal. That's 156 goals in 55 games. The top of the pile is Arsenal Liverpool. Only 159, so just one more goal. So Liverpool Spurs has a history of goals. Yeah, it does. Oh, there'll be plenty on Saturday, don't yeah. worry. I'm not, I'm not sure we'll score too many, but, you know, again, maybe something that you said right at the beginning, Matt, about, you know, is this not primed? 
like Ricky said, sometimes stranger things have happened, but I just can't see it. You know, we've done the analysis before the Champions League final. Uh, everybody woke up on the on June the first, you know, hoping rather than expecting. And I think in the in the red half of the stadium, everyone was expecting rather than hoping. And I think you know, confidence has got a massive, massive part to play in in, in elite level sport, as we all know. And they're coming to the new White Lane or Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, magnificent as it is, and just going to think they're going to blow us away, aren't they, Jace? I think they do, and. Um... I think we're all probably probably expecting them to, but as you say, weird, weird things happen. For me, it's uh, I go back to when they came in AVB's last game, and it's got that same feeling of them. We just got stuffed by City, hadn't we? Was Paulina a, got sent off on didn't a, for on a, a kick. rubbish run, yeah. And Paulina got sent Set. off, and we ended up losing it five nil and getting absolutely. I think we had all Zeki Fry. I know Carl Norton playing yeah. that day, and he got taken to the cleaners, didn't he? And I feel it's the same type of feeling as that day. And, and that day, that that mauling by Liverpool triggered the change. It it got AVB the sack. Whether it was the right thing, wrong thing to do, Daniel Levy Definitely acted. the right thing. This time, there's no sacking he can do. He can't possibly sack the man he's only given the job two months ago to. So I hope if we do get the mauling we expect, that it does trigger action. But the only action then is to, it's down to you, Daniel, to sort this out now. There's nobody else to hide behind. Well, it's since the 6th of May, I think it is, 2018. They've only lost one on their travels. To be fair, I think they've only lost one full stop mm. since the 6th of May. That was against City, wasn't it, last yeah, season? It so yeah. we know they're so good. And the stats you gave me beforehand, fellas, I've got to say, so if they win this game, that equates to an entire season. 38 games it'll be. It'll be their 38th game without defeat. So if they beat Spurs on Saturday, that's 38 games unbeaten. See, it's stats like that, that kind of, in a way... Or just... draw. Or draw, of course. Yeah, or draw. See, it stands like that in a way made me think, God, there's... I don't know. That's yeah. a weird feeling. I mean, I, I, it would be um, unbelievable when you think about where Spurs are at in the moment in terms of their injury crisis to be able to get a result against a Liverpool team. But don't get me wrong, listen, the, the thing is that it's a game like this that really reinvigorates Spurs' season because of the amount of injuries we've got. If Spurs somehow did get a win... I think the you don't believe that okay Jason oh, just it, for a second it, if they did win do you not think it would give the squad a, a massive lot of confidence yeah it would give the confidence oh, but the flaws would still be yeah, in the it the flaws would be there but and I just the flaws think, will it be exposed sooner or later again but I think that would give the squad some reinvigoration it needs because under Jose we saw when he came in there was that initial period where we was getting a few results and I feel like we're already kind of we're back in this rut where it was with Pochettino to some degree where as you said we'll win one game then we'll lose one game we'll win one we'll lose one I feel like at the moment unless we have something that massively changes into the squad it could go the same but but we thought winning at Wolves would give the confidence we won it in the last minute at Wolves at mm. a place that nobody was going to and winning yep. on the, I mean let's be fair winning at Wolves is an impressive result at the moment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. we well. follow that up with a horrendous display with Chelsea and then a mess against Norwich and Southampton and Middlesbrough mm. so, so we do a win then so we, we do a win, but it's not going to make <laughs> a difference. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think that you know, Liverpool are miles ahead of us in the grand scheme of where everyone wants to be. But it's a foot game of football. Anything can happen. All the cliches you want to say. The reality is it is. It's true. You know, you know something could happen. I, I personally don't think, you know, typically I'll be saying, on it, yeah, we can do it. I don't think we will on uh, on the weekend. It's, it's under the lights. There'll be a good atmosphere there, hopefully. Um, but... Pfft, I mean, they're on a different planet, literally on a different planet. Yeah. The way they're playing football, it's on a different planet. I think they've, now Leicester have dropped off a little bit. I think they've got the best defensive record in the Premier League, scored more goals uh, other than uh, than City, I think, in, uh, in the Premier League. They're European champions, they're world champions, they're walking the league. I mean, they're, they're 
20 points. If they win their game in hand, they're 20 points in front of Man City. I mean, Because hello. I thought back, do you remember that game where we beat them 2-1 when Pavlochenko scored in the last minute? Do you remember that game? Darren Bent equalised, Pavlochenko scored in the last minute. That's when Harry came in and we was in a relegation battle. I think Spurs were actually bottom oh, yeah, at that yeah, time. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So, yeah, maybe, we have been maybe. in worse positions where we were playing against a Liverpool side that were actually unbeaten then going for the league. I think they finished fourth or fifth under Benitez at the time, but... Strange things have happened in football. I'm not sitting here predicting you know, we're going we're gonna to win 4 0. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, anything can happen in football. It's 11 versus 11. But they do look a very, very good side, Liverpool. They do look a great side. They're top of the league for a reason. They're top of the league because they've got a wonderful team, a wonderful manager, play attractive football, got a great connection with the fan base. I mean, I say it's everything that you would want your team to be at the moment. And that's down to Jurgen Klopp and the winning mentality he's instilled in that squad. And that's the one thing that, you know, even when the Pochettino, God bless him, you know, I, I loved him, but he, the way Klopp has made that, made every single one of those players believe in themselves, just how good they are. And even it translates down to the younger group. You saw against Everton the other week. That's their young, youngsters, and they're playing like men out there, some of them. And that's down to the philosophy and the belief he gives to each and every one of those boys. And I just hope in time we're going to have that at Tottenham again. I think Joe's made a good point earlier before the before the news break around um, Liverpool and you know Klopp's uh, attention to getting rid of the dead wood. You know, you think about the amount of changes that's happened at Liverpool since we beat them four one, and we've virtually Matt still got the same squad. Mm. You know, and 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 they've completely changed. Like, it's, I think there's maybe one, maybe two players that are still in their first eleven, if not just in their squad. But everyone else has been shipped out or moved along or whatever, and it's the way that they've gone about their business. I think the, the other thing I would say from a positive perspective from from Spurs is that that's that clear out if you like or that change in Liverpool started when they missed out on the title with the Gerrard slip under Brendan Rodgers and it's taken that long for them to get back to this situation so maybe this is our cult calling that we got to the Champions League final we've now had to reset and this painful rebuild well let's be honest everybody and listeners it is painful as we can see and it's not going to be a painful rebuild for for, for 10-15 minutes is it it's a painful rebuild maybe for two seasons we don't know that but what we have got best stable in the world best training facilities in the world we've got some world class players although one of us has been injured today we've got a world class manager so actually you know let's let's not panic too much lads and, and listeners maybe it's just a case of holding fire and rebuilding that way however what I would echo what Jason said earlier is we've got to spend some money Daniel Levy and the board they have to spend some money in January because otherwise we're going to end up 8th or ninth, let alone trying to go for the top 4 Reasons to be positive, chaps. I'm liking this show already. What a great start. This is the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport London. Back in a sec. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. The Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport London. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Saxley, McQueen and Jason McGovern. We're here for another 13 minutes or so and we are... Just previewing the big game against Liverpool coming up on Saturday, 5.30pm kickoff. Now, gents, I was just speaking during the ads then about the fact that you narrowly lost at Anfield earlier on in the season. And when you look at 45-minute spells for Spurs over the course of this season thus far, that, Ricky, would probably be one of the best of them. Yeah, it would. Unfortunately, football's not played, though, in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in 45 minutes. That's, that's, the, that's the real cry and shame. And, the thing with Mourinho is normally, is, as a manager, he's known for having a tactical plan. And especially against the, the big teams and against the big managers. And I think for him, he will not want a humiliation, especially with Klopp. Uh, so I, I just, 
I would like to think he's going to set up in a way that's I think it will be, be pragmatic but in a way that I think will have to benefit the likes of Hummin Song who I reckon play as a false nine and then he'll use those attacking players around that with Deli Ali and Lucas Mora. The, the thing that he can't rely on at the moment is our defence so I don't see how he could ever park a bus because they're simply not good enough. So I he's, will... got, he's got to set in, to interact with you there, but he's got to set up in a way like we did last year against Dortmund away, where you know we got battered for for the whole first half. To be fair, but for a good 35, 40 minutes we got battered, but we were strong in defence. I don't think and we... this squad could handle that, Lee. Well, no, but that's that's what we we won't we ne- we haven't set up like that for us to have a look. You know, uh, you know, we talk about parking buses and so on and so forth. Since, since Jose's came here, one hundred percent he is not part of the bus. There's no like but maybe he can't, no bus. Can he? But, but he hasn't tried. That's the point I'm making is if he parked a bus on Saturday and he got a nil-nil or a 1-1 or we nicked a goal on a break or whatever, all of the Spurs fans will be happy because we haven't been humiliated and we haven't we haven't lost to, 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 to the champions or champions elect. But but we haven't tried to do that because he's it's almost like he's so afraid to yeah, do exactly. it he doesn't because trust, all yeah. of the fans have got to be no, on his back I or just, he ain't got the players no, to do No, I just it. don't think he, do you agree, I don't think he just he doesn't trust this back line Enough to be able to do that job. Do you agree? Yeah. Sky regurgitated the clip of him talking about how to stop Liverpool early in the season. And everything he says is sit deep, low blocks and things Mm. like that. But I fear he knows we can't can't possibly do do that. No. Because inviting Liverpool to come Mm. at us, we're just not good enough to do that. And I think he thinks that our best chance is to keep the ball far away from our goal and try and score what we can. But... But I think it's incredibly this, tough. This is to the do. argument. I think when we say he hasn't tried to park the bus, the reason why he hasn't tried it is because he knows it's just doomed for failure. He yeah. hasn't got the squad there to be able to do that. I mean, he spoke, I think, a couple of weeks ago about saying that he knows what he needs to do, but he's worried that he might lose our attacking sense. But I think now he's already convinced himself that even if you try to do that, Lee, I don't think he's got the players there to do it. I don't think he has. He went. He went. Was it? I can't remember. If it was last season or season before when uh, Manchester United. Where he was a manager at Manchester United, of course, and he went to Liverpool and he parked the bus. And that's when he first started getting a load of part of the bus criticism. I think. I think it was a nil-nil draw. There maybe. were a couple of those red months. Like they yeah. picked them yeah, up on Sky, against, didn't they? Yeah, they were like some yeah, nil-nil yeah. absolute dross. Total dross and all that sort of stuff. I think most of us Spurs fans would take a dross nil-nil and just move on from that with a point. But but look, I mean, for you've got to try something. You can't go gung ho. You can't make a. You can't start defending on the halfway line with the likes of Mane running in behind you and Salah running in behind you. No chance. So that's not going to happen. I think what you need to be able to do, and nothing's changed since the Champions League final, stop their fullbacks. Their fullbacks are absolutely critical in the way uh, Liverpool play um, and I think you, you know there's a, there's a huge amount of emphasis on Firmino as well because of the, the, the way that he conducts play and, and is almost the orchestrator in, in, in how they play on that side of things so you know setting up I want to see some of that tactical now so you know that tactical mm. now as you talked about Rick yep. I want to see some of that you can pay 15 million Jose let's see some of it this weekend and, and see what you could do don't get me wrong I think we're going to get ripped a new one to be honest but what I want to be able to see I don't want to, I'm not saying I want to be defensive I think Jason said it a couple of uh, shows ago the best way for this Tottenham uh, team to play is attack and I said it on the last pod we've got to go out of high energy and, and, and try and press and go after them and we've got high energy in Lucas Moore we've got high energy in Son in Deli Alley, in, in La Celso these players are young and they're hungry and they're ready to go so have a, have a go at them but we can't be playing a high line either. So, look, I'm not the manager. I didn't pay 15 million, so thank thank goodness that I'm not managing us. But he's got to come up with some sort of solution. If we're just all sitting here, and if Joe, 
it don't matter about us sitting there, but if Jose sitting there thinking there's no way I can beat Liverpool, then there's no hope, is there? No, listen, I'd, of course we'll have a plan. It's whether that plan's good enough to work it for the game. Did we have a plan against Southampton? That's what I'm asking. Did we have a plan against Norwich? That's what I'm kind of asking. I'm asking, and I, I raised this question last time, what are we doing on the training ground to get better? You know, Toby's, we've, lots of us have been clambering for him to sign a new contract. I was one of them. I wanted him to sign. I thought he was a contract rebel. He's now not one because he's signed a new contract. But how has he been better since Jose's been there? How's he been? Do, do, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he's got any better, has he, Chase? I don't think so, but I, I don't think... <laughs> Pochettino said after, what was it, the Olympiacos game, the players went out, didn't follow my plan. And I That's think it. it's still happening. I don't think it matters what he tells them to do. They just don't do it's it. It's just crazy. They're just incapable of following any basic plan now. He has got big game pedigree when it comes to playing against Liverpool, though. I mean, you mentioned Lucas Moura scores in big games. You said mm-hmm. that earlier, Ricky. I know his stats potentially don't match up in terms of victories over Jurgen Klopp. It's 2 in 10 that Mourinho has won when he's been head-to-head Blimey, with Jürgen Klopp. you meant to be encouraging. Well, yeah. <laughs> Both positive and negative. No, we no, said no, we're going to be balanced, sure, didn't we? Sure. There we go. But, yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, when you say he's matched up well against Liverpool, he's taken Chelsea teams to Liverpool, but those Chelsea teams are winning titles. Mm. And they can defend. And they could defend with the mm. likes of John Terry's and Carvalho's and players like that. That's right. This Tottenham team is not a Chelsea title-winning team, is it? And, it, and we're not even a, a, he's not even taking a peak Tottenham team. He's taking a team of, of Tottenham at the moment that's... Very low on confidence. Incredibly low on confidence. Mm. And at the moment, let's be honest, he's rock bottom for where we've been in, in the past five or six years. So I think... I asked you this question, Ricky, over Christmas when we were on one of the Christmas shows, yep. the, the very low on confidence theme. Because, like you said, this is a, a manager bounce that occurred under Jose Mourinho. You mm-hmm. spoke about the Wolves victory. And I looked at that Wolves victory and thought, crikey, all right. Yeah, yep. this is actually, they've, they've yeah. turned the corner. I thought that would do it. I thought yep. that kind of would trigger it. And we expected a real follow. And you thought, Chelsea, great game to have next. Yep. Because that would have put us in the top four. That real confidence will, will, will run through. And it... So what followed that week was awful. So then what happened? How has the, how has the confidence shift gone the other way? I don't know. I mean, if I would have been stag- oh, no, it would have been amazed if you said to me we would have taken only four points over the Christmas period out of four games. You look at the games we had, you know, Norwich, Southampton, Brighton. I, I just wouldn't have believed you. And, you know, it's evident, isn't it, that it's not always the manager's fault, as we already knew. We knew it wasn't a lot of it being Pochettino or Mourinho. It's a lot of it being the players. And this is why we've said on this show, and we've said it numerous times, there has to be a refresh and a reinvigoration in the squad. That's the only way Spurs are going to get better and the only way the club's going to improve. It's not going to just work by changing the manager. And I think, again, we'll see on Saturday just the gulf between the two sides. OK, well, let's move on from Saturday. I think we've, we've done it to death, the Liverpool game. Of course, it's Middlesbrough thereafter the replay, in yep. NFA Cup replay. Mm. At home, you'd think probably a, a better chance than up at Riverside. This is a Middlesbrough side, by the way, in very good form in the yeah, championship. Yeah. They came into yeah. your game three on the bounce. They, didn't dropped, they? they played yeah, really the well, and they, they were the very well deserving of that replay. I must add, they played very well that game. They deserved the replay. So, is this is this one we speak about the FA Cup as well, and the FA Cup third round, and the magic, and that's all we've talked about on Love Sport for the past seven days or so. <laughs> is this a competition that you'd happily go? Do you know what? will sacrifice the FA Cup to get top four or is the whole silverware notion here for Spurs meaning the FA Cup is actually very important this season? Well I think one of the reasons you bring him in is because of silverware Mm. you know the big criticism of Pochettino was top four club no silverware so you bring in a serial trophy winner with the idea of what just concentrating on being in the top four that's that's exactly what we've had for five years Mm. so I think it is a big thing and I I think we're a long way from being a top four side now. So for me, I think the trophy is more important this year. But 
but that side as it stands at today isn't capable of winning a trophy. So if we gave you an ultimatum right now then, top four or the FA Cup, what would you be going for? I'd always want top four because I think for the long-term future of the club, we need to be a Champions League club to be as, as best a club as we can. But as, as I said, I don't think we'll be anywhere near a top four club this season. So I would take a cup now. Yeah, it makes it easier for me because I just don't think the top four at the moment is achievable. I would say the FA Cup. Yeah. I think but, I, but that top four argument is always caveated with that you think being a top four club will lead to multiple trophies. Of course, it's yeah. not just to be in the top four. Exactly. Yeah. It is to be a stronger club and to bring in the, the best players to attract the best players, mm. so that you Which do don't see sign. the big prizes long term. It's not just top four. Mm. But we was we was told that this stadium would be a game changer. We was told this stadium would attract the top players. We was told this stadium would bring the trophies. It's definitely changed the game. That's for sure. But th- sure. I mean, we've only had, in terms of it being a game changer, so what, you've had the summer. Yeah. There's only been one transfer window been, in exactly. that, right? It has exactly. been, yeah, of course. I mean, listen, we are fans. Of, I and, suppose, we hot, and we signed three supposedly brilliant players, by the yeah. way. We, we smashed our transfer worker yeah. in the mm-hmm. summer, by the way. Just throwing that back out there. And by the way, in the top four versus uh, FA Cup situation, like, I think, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, you have to be in the top four, you have to be in the Champions League to attract all the best players and, you know, to get all the money and to keep the Harry Canes and the Deli Alleys. But, but if we're not going to get in the top four because we're going to go after the FA Cup, I'd rather finish eighth. Now, I know that, that, that I don't want to sound defeatist, but I'd rather have a, a season like mm. Chelsea did out of Europe. Like Leicester did. When Leicester beat us in the Champions uh, Championship, uh, in the Premier League um, title running, they had no European football. When The season after, when Chelsea d- done us by, uh, um, by seven points, they also had no European football. And, you know, is that going to, if we're not going to be in the Champions League, what about a break from Europe just for one season? So we go Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Maybe an FA Cup Saturday, Saturday, and just play best part of what you know, forty-five games rather than sixty-five. Because we haven't got the squad to play sixty-five games and challenging all fronts. So why not give it a go? I completely agree with you. Sometimes it's actually nice to breathe as well. And you know, when you finish runners-up or you finish in, you're saying that you prefer to just not do it if you finish. You'd rather finish eighth and fifth. Because I always look at results. You know, a results. Law of averages. Mm. They eventually even themselves out. You think, yeah, yeah. do you know what? Because we finished outside of it, I'd have taken a, a defeat to Liverpool or a defeat to United or Arsenal this season in order to beat them next season and then actually finish in the top four. Because yeah, it, it seems worthless. If, if we, I, I want to play 365 games a season. <laughs> I, just, I, I love playing. so And I want to be playing European games. But I know, I know but where you know you're what I mean? From. It's like if this is a transition season mm. where like, we're, we're actually saying to, to get better, Liverpool, um, we, we mentioned it earlier, 2013 with the Brendan Rodgers and it's taken this long for them to rebuild. Leicester City, the same sort of thing. It's taken three years, four, nearly four seasons now to rebuild since they won a title. You know, If it's going to take us a season or whatever to, to, to rebuild it, Surely it'd be just focus on the domestic, just to get ourselves back into where we need to be. But but equally, football doesn't work like that, does it? You can't pick and choose. We're all competitive. We obviously want to win. You're not going to go throw a game, are you? So if you're going to win it, you're going to win it. And then all of a sudden, you you do finish fifth, and it's Europa League again. And my word, I tell you what, we've had four seasons. This is the other thing, and you put some perspective on this earlier, Matt. Just put some perspective around uh, us Spurs fans. Is you know we've had it four seasons on the trot, but that's it. We've only had it four seasons on the trot. It's only like before well, it's that. Only, but it's we still never, a lot of time. We only had it, it once. No, Rick, 
like, like uh, Matt said earlier, the Premier League, uh, football didn't start in 1992 and, and, and football didn't start when Spurs started qualifying for the Champions League. We've had a lot more pain than we've uh, than, uh, in, in the in the years I've supported Tottenham than what we're current, currently going through now. We should be going to get so better, though, shouldn't we? We've got to to get better. Well, of course we are, but at the end of the day, we're, we're going for a rebuild like Liverpool have. Liverpool finished outside the top four how many times? Have we got that stat? Now they're on top of the world, but, but are they on top of the world now because they finished outside the top four so many times? Yeah, I my, think, my only know, worry is I, I agree, but only in the period when these clubs have their low cycle. My only worry is they still win trophies. We've that not even my, had the, uh, said not, that early on the show. That is my worry as well. We haven't we're won anything in that Spurs, period. Classic. We didn't win anything, no. and we still had a low period. Now we're going through a bad one. Hopefully, the high times are still to come. There we go. Hopefully, the high times are still to come. On here, Love Sport London and Love Sport National Gents. It's been nothing but a pleasure. Before we go, very quick score predictions: Saturday and the oh, FA God. Cup replay. Ricky, oh, God, one-one uh, Saturday. At three one to Spurs against Borough. Lovely stuff. Lee? I think we we win against Borough two one and we lose three 0 against Liverpool. Not so much lovely Sorry, stuff. Sorry, but it's true. Nil three Liverpool one nil Borough. Oof, double whammy. One nil Spurs to beat Borough. Oh, 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 Come on, you Spurs. This Come has on, been the Come Spurs on fan show on Love Sport London. We'll be back at 8pm next Thursday, but as per usual, on Love Sport National next Thursday at 7. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.